This is the Hockey News Prospect Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Prospect Podcast. I'm Stephen Ellis. That's Ryan Kennedy. Ryan, how you doing? I'm doing great. So, of course, we got to start off every podcast by talking about the best grindcore bands. Oh, wait, sorry, wrong topic, I guess. Um, but we, we have both know what band that is. <laughs> oh. um, so, let's, yeah. t- l- let's start because uh, I've, con- I've missed this topic at the start of every episode, almost every single time we've done it. Let's talk about the prospects that are catching your eye right now. Yeah, starting off with Zach Bolduc, uh in the Quebec League. Nine points in his past five games for Ramuski. You know, this kid has a lot of great offensive attributes to his game. Uh, he's looking like a first round right now, kind of in a nice little cluster of, of Q guys, along with uh, Zach LaRue, friend of the podcast, uh, Xavier Burgo, uh, Zach Dean as well. It's a huge year for Zach's in the queue. Um, but yeah, Bull Duke, he's on a tear right now. Fun to watch him play. And, uh, Second, we'll head over to Sweden, William Stromgren. Uh, I was watching him the other day, and it was a fantastic game for him because he had three points. And, uh, you know, very good for him. Um, big kid, great skill. He's been playing on a line with uh, Flames prospect Philip Svenningston, and they've been very nice together. So uh, Stromgren had that three-point game against Bjork Lovin. Uh, starting to get some real good confidence there in the Austin Scon, and he's one to watch. I would say, you know, the last time I talked to one of my Swedish scouts, he was thinking he was, you know, borderline first rounder, kind of depends on how the rest of the year goes. So if Stromgren, you know, gets some momentum and kind of stay hot, then maybe he works his way into that top 32. Otherwise, I think you're looking at, you know, top 40 at worst right now. Uh, finally go to Mason McTavish, who – uh, technically is with the Peterborough Peets of the OHL, but of course the OHL has not begun yet. So he has been over in Switzerland playing for EHC Olten uh, in the, the second tier of, of the Swiss, uh, of Swiss hockey. 11 points in 13 games really gave an Olten team a boost when they needed it. Uh, I've watched them play over there. Super smart kid, uh, very quick you know, really kind of pushes the pace in the offensive zone in particular. And, and he's a center and it's an interesting year because there's not a lot of top end centers. You know, you got William Eklund who is listed as a center, but playing on the wing right now in Sweden, you got Chaz Lucius, who's a center who has only played like a dozen games after returning from injury. Um, And then you got McTavish. Those are kind of, for me, like the top centers in the draft. So because that's such an important position in hockey, you might see those kids all go kind of top 10, top 12, uh, because, you know, they are the top pivots right now. It's, it's funny because there was a lot of centers the last couple of years, and this year it's more of the defensive draft. But I'm a big fan of, of McTavish's play going back to the days of when he used to dominate in Pembroke in, in AAA and in the, even a bit in the CCHL. And he made kind of an instant impact in the OHL right away at the Peter Pete's last year. And, of course, we just love to get this OHL back. It, there, there are fans that are just getting frustrated from all the mixed signals about whether or not we're actually going to be – 
playing at this point. I don't even think the league truly knows what's going on uh, as they're still kind of working things out here with the government. So again, be nice if we could be able to do that. Of course, being in Ontario, there's a lot of hot spots here and uh, that, that kind of makes it tough. And we're talking about kids doing a bubble situation uh, is not as easy as doing it in the NHL or in a professional hockey league environment where they are kind of paid to do that job. So again, we're still waiting on that point. Hopefully we get to, to talk about the OHL soon. Now to kind of switch gears here, let's do a little mini of a redraft of the 2020 draft or specifically the top three. And it was something that Corey Brown brought up in an article saying is Alexis Lafreniere really still the number one top prospect. And I had another conversation, a lengthy one yesterday with Josh Tesler, who does stuff with smart scouting and a few other places. And we're talking, it's like, I think everyone's still in agreement that Alexis Lafreniere is still the number one prospect because, yeah, it's been not the greatest start for him. He, he's starting to pick it up a little bit, but again, the, the circumstances as to maybe why he's had a slow start a little different than in previous years of other prospects because of this big gap, and he was not playing anywhere else as opposed to Stutzla, who was already doing stuff in Germany, World Juniors, et cetera. Um, but then I guess the real big question is, Who's number two at this point? Is it still Byfield? He is playing in the AHL and he's playing well in the AHL, but Tim Stutzel is playing pretty well in the NHL. So uh, that kind of helps his case. And of course, uh, Stutzel did have the better world juniors and everything too. So kind of everything we've seen over the last calendar year, and uh, I guess maybe even just the last 12 months overall, it it has looked a lot like like Stutzel has been the better prospect. But if you were to draft right now, who's number two? Well, I I would still keep Quinn Byfield number two. Uh, and I would go Lafreniere number one for now because it is so early. But if I were to reorder it at all, I would flip Stutla and Lafreniere. And starting with Byfield, he's a different kind of player from the other two because he, he is so much bigger and his upside is, is still coming. You know, with Lafreniere being a late birthday and being, you know, pretty advanced, you know, skill set wise. That's why he's in the NHL right now, because he can contribute right away. And, you know, he's obviously a pretty good ceiling, but I think we're, we kind of know what the ceiling is with Lafreniere, where with Byfield, he might have a higher ceiling. It's just a matter of, can he realize it? And, you know, this is a question we have with all big forwards and, and sometimes it takes longer than it does uh, others. And, and you have to be patient with Stutzla. Obviously you got a player who is, maybe a little smaller than Lafreniere, uh, but they're essentially the same size. And I mean, he's been so good and it's different situations, which is why I would keep things the way they are. You know, Stutzla playing in Ottawa, he's looked so comfortable. And I think it's because with that team, expectations are low. You know, they just, they want the kids to go out, learn the game, play their game, be competitive every night. The wins and losses, I mean, you want to win. I think there's an understanding that they're going to lose more than they're going to win this season. The eye is on the future, where in New York, the Rangers came into the season with, you know, Mika Zibanejad coming off a huge goal-scoring tear the year before. Artemi Panera, one of the best players, you know, in the world up front. Jacob Trubon, defense. You know, an exciting young goaltender, Nigor Shosturkin expectations were a lot higher. So for Lafreniere, you know, he wasn't going to just jump in to a plum scoring role. He was going to be kind of in the middle, maybe even third line. And, you know, he's been bumped around on some lines and he's still learning the game. And as you said, he had a really long layoff. 
uh, which Stutzla it wasn't as bad for him because of the World Juniors. But, you know, I, I still think that Lafreniere is finding his feet in a very big market. And, I, you know, I think he's going to be fine. And, hey, good for Ottawa for, for grabbing Stutzla three. Uh, I think it was a great choice. And they're reaping the benefits right away. And I think, you know, talking to the Kings recently, they're very happy with Byfield and how he's played in the, in the AHL. So he's on track as well. Yeah, we're still at the point right now where it's way too early to really make any big changes in, in that group. But at, at the same time, you do got to look at it and say, OK, well, if you look at the pro body of work and yeah, like Lafreniere's is pretty limited as, as well as Byfield's, most dudes that did play in the German pro league. It's like when they finally get to that next level, who's playing better right now and right now that is Stutzla. But again. This is not a one-year outlook. Lafreniere could do a Jack Hughes early season 2021 style run next year. Everyone could forget completely what happened. It's also like we're talking about the confidence of these young kids. Like they're 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 still teenagers, and uh, a lot of this stuff still really gets to them pretty easily. If 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 things are going on right now, I just wrote a story actually about. Um, Carter Hart and just kind of how like this guy looks like his confidence is shattered right now. He's not playing well. He's had a couple of really rough games and he even kind of said it in his post game uh, comments last night. It's like, yeah, this is just, I'm not feeling it right now. And um, so, so for a guy who, if they come to the NHL, if all this hype and you don't start scoring a lot, and we've talked about this already in a previous episode, it hurts, but we are looking down the line here. So if you're a Rangers fan, still don't be worried. If you're Ottawa center fan, like I said, like, wow, you've got a fantastic prospect. And the Sens have a really good prospect base and young guys that are kind of really showing up, Josh Norris, Batherson, and stuff like that. So having a guy like Stutzla in there, he's just, you got to be excited if you're a Sens fan, but you also really got to be excited if you're a Rangers fan. And of course, the LA Kings have a great prospect base too. So it's like, no matter what, they kind of all just are in really good situations moving forward. Right now is not the focus. Yeah, I agree. And especially this season that is so different from others where, you know, in the NHL, it's a 50, 56 game campaign. So it's more of a marathon or sorry, it's more of a sprint than a marathon. Usually we say the NHL season is a, is a marathon, not a sprint. Uh, this one's actually the opposite. And for the Rangers, things have not gone the way they wanted. You know, I, I don't think they're going to be a playoff team. You know, mathematically, they've got a lot of work to do. I, I guess they could still go on a run, but you know, more I wonder if we see more Lafreniere in the second half of the season when things are, you know, maybe a little less urgent for the Rangers if they find themselves out of a playoff spot. All right, let's switch gears and let's talk about the NCAA. It's something we actually have kind of neglected a bit on this show, uh, not on purpose. It's just kind of how it is. Uh, we're talking about uh, sprints and marathons and everything like that. I'd say the NCAA season always feels like a sprint just because of how their schedule works. And this year I'd say is no different. So um, looking through everything that's gone in the regular season, we know Cole Caulfield was the other way at 25 goals and 46 points in 28 games, which is huge if you're a Montreal Canadiens fan. But I wanted to kind of get your a sense of who were some of the, the top NHL prospects that you watched this year in the NCAA. Yeah, and we'll start with Cole Caulfield. You know, he's sort of the most obvious. I'm sure he's going to get a lot of Hobie Baker love. And, you know, I mean, putting up the points he has, that's what we wanted from Cole Caulfield. You want him to be dominant at the college level. And, you know, again, it's going to be interesting to see if he comes out uh, at the end of the season, if he gets any games with Montreal, if they, 
send him to Laval, for example, to get some pro experience. I think that would be really good for him. Now, obviously the Badgers want to go as far as possible. And and Cole Caulfield wants that national championship with Wisconsin. So it'll be to see how well they do in the national tournament, if they can actually grab it. Um, But he's, he's lived up to expectations, I think. And I, you know, it's at the point now where, you know, he can certainly turn pro and, I think it's, you know, it's the right call either way. If he went back for a junior year, I mean, we would see point scoring levels that we haven't seen since the days of like Paul Correa at the University of Maine. Um, but you can always regulate your game. But I, I have a feeling that with the way Montreal is right now, they could use Caulfield as long as he's a little bit seasoned uh, for next year. Um, the next player I'll mention is Alex Vlasic. Uh, with Boston University, the big defenseman. I have been so impressed with him this year. He's a Chicago Blackhawks pick and didn't get to go to the World Juniors uh, because of uh, COVID protocols around Boston University at the time, which was too bad uh, because he was going to be an integral part of that team. Uh, turns out it didn't matter. They won gold, but his skating is just at another level now. And he's so big. You know, he plays on a, a pairing with David Ference, uh, the National Predators pick, who has really piled up the points lately. Um, but it's funny because Vlasic can make some incredible rushes himself. And I've seen some really nice goals from him, um, which makes him this great two-way threat now because he's so long and he has such a great reach that he can really kind of do it all out there. So I would say Vlasic's been one of the biggest pleasant surprises for me this year. Um, simply because he's made such a nice jump. Um, otherwise, Shane Pinto, going back to Ottawa Senators. going to say his uh, name, yep. At the University of North Dakota, which is essentially a, uh, a fraternity for Ottawa Senators picks at this point. Um, I kid. But, you know, they got Pinto. They've got Jacob Bernard Docker. Um, you know, there's, they got Jake Sanderson. It, it goes on and on. Um, but all jokes aside, Shane Pinto, uh, if I'm not mistaken, he was just named conference defensive forward of the year and forward of the year. So clearly getting it done at both ends of the ice. Um, I almost wonder if he is the center Ottawa needs, you know, we, we talking about this rebuild for a couple of years now, and they had Logan Brown, who was the big center. Logan Brown hasn't established himself yet. I wonder if Pinto might end up being the answer or if they can be sort of a a one-two punch down the line. But Shane Pinto has been just incredible for North Dakota. And, you know, another player that you'd sort of wonder, is he in the Hobie Baker conversation? Uh, Because he has been so good for them. Um, Moving on, um, Thomas Bordalo in Michigan. Obviously, you can talk about a bunch of guys at Michigan this year uh, because they have, you know, Maddie, Maddie Beneers and Owen Power and Kent Johnson up for the draft. But Thomas Bordalo, the San Jose Sharks pick, has been, you know, a really big offensive driver for them, uh, along with Brendan Brisson having a great year, the Vegas Knights uh, first rounder. Bordalo, you know, coming out of the NTDP, um, you know, it's been so good for the Wolverines as a freshman, and that team has been so much fun to watch. Uh, he has definitely lived up to the hype, maybe even surpassed it. Uh, and then the last name I'll mention is Jack Lafontaine. Get a goalie in there. You know, Jack Lafontaine, uh, somebody I've been following for a long time. And, uh, you know, I remember him back in the NHL. 
And, you know, originally he was at Michigan. It didn't really work out. Uh, transferred. He's at Minnesota now. And he's been one of the best goalies in the country. He's got that great frame. I believe he's six foot three. And it's nice to see a prospect who had his ups and downs sort of get to the end of his college career or close to it and, and really find his game. And the Golden Gophers have been really good this year. You know, that whole defense core is really fun. Guys like Brock Faber and Ryan Johnson. Um, but Jack LaFontaine, it, it's really nice to see him having a successful campaign in Minnesota. I actually worked with, uh, with him at kind of a little mini marketing campaign back when he was an OJHL player. So that was pretty cool to see him kind of really back up the way he was. Cause he was a really, really damn good Georgetown Raiders goaltender. And the, the Raiders continued to put out a lot of really good goalies for a long time. They went to the OHL and other levels, but, uh, it's really nice to see kind of the way he's bounced back. Cause he, he, he kind of fell off the radar for a little bit and then he kind of really bounced back in the way he needed to. Uh, one other name I want to mention Sample Ranta, the uh, Colorado Avalanche prospect who had 16 goals this year, uh, for the university of, uh, Minnesota, which I believe is only Cole Caulfield had more goals by an NHL drafted prospect in the NCAA. So, um, that's a guy who, I remember him watching the World Juniors last year and thinking, like, when are you going to score? Because he played seven, <laughs> he played the entire tournament and he didn't score. And it's like he had two assists. And I think they were both secondary assists on like the, the power play or something. It's like, how could you not get more goals? This is a guy who just shoots the puck so well. And um, another one, uh, Matt Boldy, guy that I just like, he's kind of the do it, you know, yeah. do it of, at all times type guy for, um, for, uh, Boston College. Boston College, and yeah. he's uh, a Minnesota Wild prospect that I think a lot of fans were a little concerned about after his really slow start as a freshman last year. I think kind of all those concerns are really out the window. Um, I still think he's better at a second, third line guy, but like I'll be a, a good second, third line guy. So uh, the NCAA is definitely not a uh, – there was no lack of talent this year for sure. Let's – talk about some of the guys who are not affiliated to any NHL teams right now, the good, the guys who are the UFAs um, who are some of the names that NHL fans should be keeping an eye on right now. All right. So this is great timing because I just talked to an NHL scout about this. And here's an interesting caveat for this, this free agent class because of the pandemic, the NCAA is allowing another year of eligibility for players. It's essentially a free year. So even if you're a college senior, you can go back next year. And that changes the calculus a lot on these free agents because some will get offered NHL contracts. Some will only get offered AHL contracts. And if you're a player and you're only getting offered an AHL contract, maybe you say to yourself, well, why don't I just take that free year, go back to school and maybe next year it's an NHL contract. So I think we're going to see a lot of volatility on the college free agent market this year. Having said that, there's a couple of guys right at the top that are more likely than not going to sign. Um, starting with Matt Kierstead, the defenseman with the University of North Dakota. You know, here's a kid that just kind of gets, he's been getting better every year. And, you know, scouts really like him. He has become an elite skater. And obviously in the NHL, these, that's what you want. Um, you know, a bit of a containment defender. He's not super physical, but uses his stick very well. Um, so he's going to be sort of at the top of most NHL teams list when it comes to free agents. Uh, another guy at the University of North Dakota that we thought might come out last year. Uh, but then, of course, you know, there was no national championship to play for. Um, and that's Jordan Kawaguchi. Mm -hmm. Now, 
He hasn't put up as many points this year as he did last year. Scouts aren't concerned because what they've seen is a player who's rounded out his game a little more and also really seized on the leadership position that he got with the Fighting Hawks. So Jordan Kawaguchi, uh, still very much at the top of the college free agent list. And, you know, and, and again, you know, if, if North Dakota ends up winning at all, then obviously uh, he's coming out and he's pretty much going to come out anyways. You know, I don't think he's one of those guys that's going to take the extra year in college. Um, but the next player I'll mention who may or may not come out is Ben Myers mm-hmm. uh, at the University of Minnesota. Uh, this guy that scouts are very excited for, uh, really drives offense for the Golden Gophers. Um, you know, 200 pounds. Um, he's big. He's got speed. Um, has put up a, you know, a good amount of offense in Minnesota this year. Uh, two-way guy. Mike might, you know, stay with Minnesota, so he'll be one to watch. Uh, and then I'll throw two more names out. Uh, Odin Tufto at Quinnipiac. Uh, he's been a leading scorer for them for a couple of years now. Great chemistry this year with Ty Smolanik, the Florida Panthers pick. Um, the drawback on Tufto is uh, he's pretty small. I think he's like five foot seven, and he doesn't have dynamic speed. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he's an elite playmaker for sure, um, and he'll probably need a top six role to be effective at the next level. So that does kind of limit his options. You know, he's not like the kind of guy you can stick on the fourth line and he can sort of grind it out for you. Um, but there is a lot of skill there. So, you know, teams will be watching uh, and, and asking about tough though. And then finally, Ty Pelton Dice uh, with Wisconsin, uh, more of a power forward guy. You know, he, he can play center. Although when I talk to scouts, they see him probably more as a winger at the NHL because his size won't be as much of an advantage as it is at the college level. Cause obviously in the NHL, um, you know, everybody is big and strong. So he's probably kind of like second, third line guy for you. Uh, but you know, a, a lot to like there. And, you know, if you're looking for that guy that can bring some, uh, you know, some size to the lineup and, and kind of play up and down and, and have some versatility, then Ty Pelton Bice would, would possibly be an option. The one thing for people to keep in mind when it comes to these NCAA free agent players is you're not going to go out there and get a guy who's going to change your team's offense or or, or change a a lot. You're looking for a guy who is probably going to be more of a depth player, but is more seasoned and and they're they're older than a lot of these guys coming out of major juniors. So you've got that opportunity. So do keep that in mind when it comes to these guys. You're not getting often a second first line player. You're getting a guy who might be a pretty solid third line player or, you know, it might just be kind of a call from time to time but he'll be a solid option at that and that's something to keep an eye on we're going to go down kind of the complete opposite end of the age spectrum to, to finish off the the topics and it is Matt V. Mitchkoff so uh it was a couple months ago he signed a five-year extension to stay over in Russia and then recently became official just a, a couple of weeks ago now a five-year deal for a guy who's a 2023 draft prospect I think some people are kind of like 
whoa, really? Does that make a lot of sense? But this guy is still one of the top 2023 draft prospects. He's playing in the MHL, which if you're like a, a 19, 20 year old prospect, you kind of want to be somewhere else. You don't want to be playing in that level. You're typically kind of, it's not the best part for your development. Cause I wouldn't say the goaltending is overly impressive, but for a guy like Mitch Guff, who's only 16 years old, he's got 35 goals in 50 games this year with Scott St. Petersburg's program, uh, 52 points. So he's over a point per game. And, it's a shame we didn't get to see more international tournaments because he lit up all the U16 goalies in international play last year with the Russian U16. It was so much fun. We're still talking about a top prospect here, though, that will, if he honors the contract, which we'd expect them to do, would mean he would not go right to the NHL right away in 2023. Do you think that hurts him at all? Or do is it just because he's so good, teams just kind of know what he's going to be able to do that they're not too worried if they have to wait a couple extra years? Yeah, I don't think they're going to be too concerned. Um, I mean, that again, you know, we talked about how good 2022 is going to be. Uh, 2023 is super special as well because you have Mitchkoff, you have Adam Fantilli, and you have Connor Bedard. Uh, that's a pretty loaded top three right there. After so 2022, could, which is pretty good as it's on its own. Yeah, so. exactly. Yeah. Um, so Mitchkoff could go number three, and it would be no indictment of his skill set. It would just be the fact that. It's another incredible year. Um, yeah, I, I'm not concerned because, you you know, if he plays out his contract with SKA St. Petersburg, he's still going to be like 21 or so. Um, he can come fully developed onto an NHL team. You know, I, I don't see this as the type of kid that's going to need AHL time. He's going to be like Kirill Kaprizov or Evgeny Kuznetsov. Or even Malkin. Um, Malkin wasn't a media to the NHL either. Yeah, exactly. Malcolm didn't go straight into the NHL either because he was trying to figure out how to get out of his contract uh, over in Russia. Um, what I like is that, you know, Mitchkov is playing for a really stacked St. Petersburg program, you know, playing with SK 1946 in the junior league. He has so many good line mates, so many guys to play off. And uh, I was actually looking this morning, you know, the playoffs had begun in the MHL. So officially, uh, Mitchkoff had 38 goals in 56 games. He was the goal scoring champ. He was the Rocket Richard winner of the MAHL. Uh, just incredible to think of a 16 year old doing that. But in a U20 I mean, league, that good. in a U20 league, yeah, that's in a U league, yeah. And he's he's just that good. I mean, he's so smart with the puck. He's so creative, and he's got such a great shot. Uh, you know, if I'm an NHL team, uh, I would be more than happy to pick him even if i have to wait a couple of years knowing that i would be getting just a true offensive gem so i think he's he's on a good path and by the time the his contract's over he will have had a couple of years in the khl and and if he's continuing with this current trajectory like he could be playing pretty significant moments or minutes in the khl at his age which is really tough for a prospect but it's i think maybe it's also helpful for St. Petersburg because when you get these guys who are kind of like near the end of their contracts and they're it's very clear they want to go right to the NHL um they don't get a lot of ice time they don't get those things because it's the the teams it's like they're they're focused on winning because the coaching turnover is so quick in the KHL if you're not performing so um they don't care about the development side of things they care about winning and for a guy like Mitchkoff it's like well he's going to be an impact player they're going to think that he's the one of the guys that's going to help that team so uh yeah it, it, it may not be perfect for an NHL team that situation but if he falls to third I think that's one of the best third overall picks you could possibly ask for so um again I don't think there's anything to be too concerned about it might take a few extra years 
oh well it happens um we're gonna go into the questions but I quickly want to ask you one based off of something we put on our Twitter today. Uh, we've got our top hockey songs uh, poll going on right now. There's some good ones and uh, hats off to, to Jared, our social media person for putting that all together. I kind of, we, we kind of gave him some song ideas. I got a lot of NHL video game songs in there that made me happy, but what's your song that you think out of the current bracket that you think should win? I went, I actually, I did respond to the tweet like a good soldier I went with For Whom the Bell Tolls by Metallica. I just think that, I mean, I've always loved that song. And I just think it's, it's such a good rink song. It's just like the whole extended intro is perfect. And the guitar lead's amazing. So yeah, For Whom the Bell Tolls all the way with me. That was, I think, the very first song that I learned on both guitar and drums. So I could play probably the entire portion of it. I just can't sing. Um, uh, the, the one I chose is Red Flag by uh, Billy Talent. And uh, I know not a lot of Billy Talent fans. I could already see a reaction there. But um, the, the, the drum part at the beginning of that song was the best intro, or one of the, the best intros I've ever heard in a song in an NHL video game. And in NHL 06, it just made it so much fun to play. Uh, I, the one that was on the list, though, Chapter 4 by Avenged Sevenfold, was the song that actually made me into a metal fan. Uh, and that was the one that in every EA Sports 2004 game, it was in it. It was like this, like, it was very weird because if I'm <laughs> correct, it's like the songs about like the singers, like losing like a like their brother to like death or something. Or I think it was a suicide, but it's like, very weird song to put in a video game for like right. kids and stuff, but yeah, it was a pretty damn good song. Um, uh, I, when I used to do DJing at hockey tournaments, I used to have a lot of fun with it. And I used to just play songs like you definitely would never hear, like played some dragon force, played some slipknot, but like not their super heavy stuff. And just, right. just stuff that you wouldn't hear at a game for like five, like 10 year old kids. And they're like, what is this? I'm like, <laughs> I'm having more fun. You guys. Yes. All right, let's go uh, to our questions. And the first one I had to choose, partly because the guy's name uh, is Chase Elliott. And if you know me, I'm a racing fan. Uh, and the guy who just won the NASCAR championship is named Chase Elliott. I know this is definitely not the same Chase Elliott. But this guy asks, who are the top goalies for the 2021 NHL draft? And we already know who the top one is. But let's, let's hear who the best ones are. Yes. Yeah, so Jesper Wallstead from Sweden is the going away favorite as the top goalie in the draft. He, he got into a couple of world junior games with Sweden this year and really impressed scouts. Um, he's he one of those a bad situation though. I feel bad. His very first game was one, like a, a very tight one, I believe against Russia. And it was like, don't lose our streak. And it was like, yeah, it, it sucked. <laughs> yeah. Um, but again, yeah. You know, as a young guy on that team, um, it was all kind of bonus for him. So yeah, Jesper Wallstead, he's surefire first rounder. Um, after that, you have Sebastian Kosa, who we will be interviewing on this uh, podcast. So you'll hear from him later. I think Kosa could go in the first round as well. Uh, really big kid playing for the Edmonton Oil Kings in the WHL has been very good at the start of the season. Obviously they just started playing real games, uh, but I like Kosa. And then after that, it gets a little murky because talking to scouts, uh, Finland doesn't really have anybody good this year. The Quebec league doesn't really have anybody super special. And those are usually two pretty good breeding grounds. Uh, the OHL, as we mentioned, has not started play yet. And there are three goalies to watch there. You got Benjamin Kudrow, mm -hmm. uh, with, Syria. you have Tristan Lennox with Saginaw and you have Joe Verbatic with North Bay. You know, all these guys have size. 
Um, you know, all of them have a pretty good lineage already uh, in terms of, you know, getting national team interest and, uh, you know, sort of being high picks and things like that. And, you know, playing in the OHL Cup. I know Goudreau was a star there. Um, so not really sure where any of those guys fit right now because they haven't played yet this year, but they'll be in the mix. And then the last name I'll mention uh, is Patrick Hammerla um, playing in the Czech Republic. Uh, started the year with Carlo uh, Vivari. Uh, I know he's been loaned out uh, a couple of times, so I'm not sure if he's there right now. Um, I like the kid. He's got good size, uh, great rebound control. He's, he's kind of a black hole. Like Puck's just like suction to him, and it's a whistle right there. He, he doesn't let a lot of uh, pucks get away from him. Um, and, yeah, so that's kind of the top end. And then there's some pretty interesting – NHL goalies this year, uh, Owen Bartoskevich mm-hmm. with Wichita Falls, uh, Arseny Sergeyev with Shreveport. They actually played each other uh, last week, and it was a, a 2-1 game. It was kind of fun. I watched it last night. Uh, and then Owen Millward with Janesville is one to watch as well. So, um, you know, no shortage of goalies, but um, at the high end, Wallstead and Kosa are right now at least in a league of their own. Yeah, one I think a lot of people were expecting to to be a little higher up in the conversation, um, say last year was Tristan Lennox, and part of it not playing this year doesn't help, and he, he's listed on the Toronto Marlies roster, but he's which I've, I don't think we've ever seen a, a goalie that's actually ever been listed as an AHL goalie going into the NHL draft. It's just kind of the weird situation we got with the pandemic. He's just practicing with the team. Yeah. Um, you mentioned Verbetic, and that's a guy who was awesome when the Domino flyers that was a really good team to watch and he was a really good goalie to watch um back then um and with kosa that's one where you, you got to think he's probably as good as like he's got a really good shot right now on making the starting goalie spot for team canada the world Junior. he's probably got as good a chance as anyone yeah um i think a lot of people were surprised he wasn't even brought to camp but they brought some goalies a little older and and you know i, I also did not expect them to kind of go like let's say they didn't pick Devin Levi. There was a real chance that they could have gone a whole like WHL type route and they didn't. So um, uh, there's some, some interesting goalie options this year, but again, it's not a, a super strong draft after the top two names. So uh, Nick Malik, I really would hope to see him get drafted this year. I've been kind of hoping for a while, but let's go to our next question. It's from Eric Canuck. I'm a Canucks fan. I think we could figure that one out. Uh, who obviously feels a bit sad about how we gave up Tyler Madden. With him playing the AHL this year, are you impressed with the progress? And will he become an impact NHLer, or is it too early to tell? Yeah, I think it's a little too early. I think he has four points in 10 or 12 games right now playing with AHL Ontario. Uh, so he's doing all right. You know, um, you know, learning the pro game. He's an energy guy. Uh, and you know, we know he put up numbers in college. I think he's probably, you know, like a middle six guy for now who worst case scenario can play on your fourth line and, uh, and really kind of like get things going. Um, but yeah, you know, the jury's still out because he is just beginning his pro career. Uh, obviously things have not worked out in Vancouver this season, which is unfortunate, but they still have time. Maybe they can turn it around. I don't know. Mathematically speaking, um, Bit of a tough loss there, but uh, yeah, I think I, I think Madden he'll he'll be a pro for sure. All right, and a final question is from Adam Flett, who asks: Is Keith Petrozelli a legit NHL goalie prospect for the Detroit Red Wings? Of course, he's had a really uh, good four years at Quinnipiac in the NCAA, and now I got to wonder: 
is he the, the long-term answer? They've got the two goalies they got now are, are solid in terms of short-term, but who is their long-term answer? Yeah, I think Petrozelli is definitely one of those options. Um, I would throw Carter, Carter Guylander in there as well, who's with Colgate right now. I had a great career in the AJHL before that. Petrozelli has really turned things around. He had some ups and downs in his NCAA career, but he was he's been great for the Bobcats this year. And of course, he's got that huge frame. I think he's like six foot six, somewhere around there. So, you know, he's got the NHL size that you want. And the fact that he's been able to sort of lock things down. And I know it's been a weird year for Quinnipiac because so many ECAC teams um, did not participate because of the pandemic. So Quinnipiac schedule has been a little wonky, but he's stopping the pucks. Mm -hmm. And obviously the next challenge will be the pro ranks. So, you know, if you're the Red Wings, you see what he can do with AHL Grand Rapids and, uh, and you hope for the best. But, I, you know, this season has been a very good sign for Keith Petrozelli based on the numbers he's been able to put up after going through some, you know, some, some rocky times with the Bobcats uh, in the past couple of years. They got some good forwards on the way. They got some good defense in the way. Hopefully they could figure out the goaltending situation and the Detroit Red Wings could be a team to watch. Yeah, not in the super near future, but a couple of years down the line, we could be talking about a team that's pretty competitive again. Five years. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Uh, we still got the the New York Rangers, LA Kings, and those teams. Ottawa Senators could still kind of yeah. really show up in that time and kind of fill the gaps. That's it for the questions. Who are we talking to in the interview again? I know you kind of spoiled it, but uh, who are we talking to? We got Edmonton Oil Kings goaltender Sebastian Cosa. Yes, just guy Kosa, in case you're wondering how to, pre- to pronounce the name. A great young kid. He's on a, a total tear right now with the Edmonton Kings. He's won every game he's played, so it's been a lot of fun to watch that. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening to this episode. Now enjoy this interview. I'm joined now by Sebastian Kosa from the Edmonton Oil Kings, the 2021 draft prospect, the big goalie, Sebastian. Thanks for being here with us. Alex, I'm on. Awesome. First of all, how good does it feel to be back on the ice playing real games with the Oil Kings? Yeah, um, it's definitely exciting. Um, you know, we're we're waiting for this for a long time, so uh, to get back on the ice and uh, to have the start we thought we did, uh, it's really exciting to get going here now. Excellent. Now, it was basically a full calendar year uh, between real games for you. And I'm just curious, as a goaltender, how did you train and sort of keep your edge? Because, you know, for, for shooters, they can kind of shoot at a, a net or whatever. But how do you, how did you get that sort of uh, elite practice that you needed? Yeah, it was tough for sure. Um, you know, being a long off season was kind of uh, the ice component wasn't too, too important uh, until the kind of the, the last, last days kind of, but um really just taking care of my body. Um, you know, I had a really good, uh, really good 11 months in the gym and, uh, I was doing something called true movement to, uh, to keep the body kind of loose. So just really focusing on that and then doing some, uh, some eye training, uh, with balls and stuff. Um, just can't try to keep the tracking involved. And then, uh, when I got back on the ice, you know, all the small details and watching the video too. So. Oh, excellent. And, you know, watching your games in the uh, the very first weekend, it, it certainly didn't seem like you were rusty. So uh, I guess all that training paid off. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Uh, first four games have went to plan. So I uh, just got to keep it up now. 
Excellent. Now, obviously, you know, uh, we're still under the pandemic. Uh, you guys are back playing. What's the day-to-day been like? You know, how different has it been from, say, the beginning of last season before all this started? Um, yeah, yeah. I, at the rink, it's, it's definitely a little different, you know, wearing our mask and stuff. But um, other than that, just it's, it's uh, from home to the rink and back home. Um, you know, can't be seeing anyone else other than uh, people in the, in the room, in the cohort. So just trying to do everything that we can to stay negative and, uh, you know, to keep, uh, keep you on the play games. Right on. And uh, as I mentioned, you're up for the 2021 NHL draft, as is um, one of your teammates, Dylan Gunther, who uh, is off to a red hot start as well. Uh, Dylan, obviously a fantastic shooter, great producer. What's it like facing him in practice as a goaltender? Yeah, um, it's good for sure. Um, yeah, he's definitely got a good shot. So I'm uh, being challenged every time he comes out on the ice. But I mean, there's not really, you know, he's definitely, definitely a top player in this league. So it's good to get practice from those kind of guys, um, you know, and going into games. I'm not really seeing much, anything much better than his shot. So it's good for sure. Right on. And for your game in net, uh, what would you say you do best right now? Um, just, uh, yeah, big guy. So, uh, just really ma- maintaining my angles. Um, you know, if I, if I have good angle on it, there's not much net there. So, uh, just tracking the puck really well and then, uh, just trying to con- control the game. Excellent. And which aspect of your game do you still want to improve on the most? Um, you know, I think puck handling is definitely, uh, definitely one of them. I think, uh, you know, making the eight to 10 foot pass, it's, uh, I'm pretty good at that right now, but just kind of expanding on that. Excellent. And if there was an NHL goaltender that you'd like to model your game after, who would it be? Uh, yeah, probably Jacob Markstrom or, or younger Pecorini. Um, some big guys who can move well in the crease. Um, good hands. Um, yeah, yeah, really good hands. And, yeah, just kind of that big beer goalie style who can still move a lot. Excellent. And uh, finally, you're originally from Fort McMurray, Alberta. How does it feel – to be one of the few players who can say, I'm going down south to Edmonton to play hockey. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of the whole thing. Uh, you know, if you're, when you're in Fort Mac, you got to go down uh, to Fort Sask for band for play. Um, so it starts young for sure. But um, yeah, yeah, all my buddies are still in Fort Mac. So let's uh, see them in the summers. But other than that, you know, it's all hockey all the time. There you go. Well, Sebastian, thanks so much for being here and good luck with the draft this season. Appreciate it. Thanks a lot. Thank you for listening to the Prospect Podcast. Make sure to check out THN.com slash subscribe to have issues of the Hockey News Magazine sent directly to your mailbox. And send your questions for future podcast episodes to at THN Ryan Kennedy on Twitter.